Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast listeners go and get engaged. 707 Walnut, always at LLPavorsky.com. I am Spike Eskin along with time capsule shooter into space, Mike Levin. Hi, Mike. Hey, man. Good to talk to you over the headset again. Oh, good to talk to you over the uh, one earphone and the microphone. Hey, before we get into it, let me remind everyone that you can get the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. We really appreciate your ratings and reviews on iTunes. They help us get more popular. We'll get more into that later about how popular this podcast is on <laughs> no, iTunes. No, let's get into it now. Well, hold on. I just wanted to read. I like reading the the new uh, the new reviews. There's a couple of them. I just wanted to, right, to let read, you know. Read your favorite one. So there's four. Uh, they're well, really they're not, good. They're not all good. Okay. They're quick, though. Okay. All right. All right. This one. Subject line. I threw up in my mouth when the lotto went to commercial. Love you guys. Thank you. Um, next one. First time, long time. When I started listening to this podcast, I admittedly was both blind and deaf. Both have been cured thanks to a weekly dose of TTP. The new Mount Rushmore of Philly sports is Hinky, Hinky, and Hinky, built by Spike and Mike. That's fair. Uh, Hinky you'd think, for it. You'd think that we'd be on there, you know, yes, somewhere. Yep. Maybe even like a smaller chisel. Yeah. Whatever. This one I like. Five stars. The best podcast to listen to when you get sick of arguing about the Sixers with your dad. <laughs> Which is totally true. And, and finally, top pod for the top pick. Spike and Mike have made the last few years of being a Sixers fan as enjoyable as Christmas morning. Super exciting. A few fights, lots of presents, and drunk uncle spewing off crap. That's Doug. And super nice dudes. Very Kyle sweet. from Warrington. Very so thank you, thank you. Um, uh, well, well, okay. Well, what do you want to get into first? The... Just the, I think we need to reflect on the lottery party one more time and, and give a couple thanks. But did you want to talk about the iTunes thing? Real yeah, quick, I mean, well, was... we're better than Woj. We beat Woj. For one, for one for... day, for one glorious day, our podcast, this podcast, yep. was more popular than Adrian Wojnarowski's podcast, which is pretty cool. Yeah, we were the number 34 ranked sports podcast on iTunes, which I know sounds hilarious for us to be. It's so process of you for us to be <laughs> bragging about being number 34, but that was pretty cool. And we're still in the top 100 almost, uh, you know, five days later. I think we were 90 something this morning. So that it, it, all that stuff provided, all the coverage and stuff provided a nice bump for, for the podcast. So, but thank you. You listening to it now are probably. It's probably everybody just listen to it once and then we'll never come back again. Yeah. But the people who are still here, thank you so much. Uh, and thanks to everyone who gave that media bump. Andrew Sharp wrote a really nice long piece about about the party mm -hmm. and the process. So Sharp on SI.com, you can read that. Nate Jones on The New Yorker, which was pretty cool too, about Hinky and talked about being at the party. And he reminded me, I asked him, I was like, I didn't, did I meet you? And he said yes, briefly. So I didn't even remember meeting him. Well, I remembered the moment. Yeah, tough to remember everybody. He was with Jason from Fuse, and uh, who else came from New York? Unterberger. Unterberger, right? Who I had never met before, and I yeah, only had time to say hi to for three seconds. Yeah. Chris Ryan and oh, and Sharp and Gulliver mentioned talked about it for a while on the Open Floor podcast, so oh, that was did? cool. Yes, I didn't listen to that one. 
Sharp was on the Ringer NBA podcast with Chris Ryan and Juliet Littman, and they mentioned the podcast there. They mentioned the pod, the party there. Gonzo, of course, got more, uh, I feel like, material from us than any one source <laughs> in, in the history of Philadelphia sports. So thanks to Gonzo for dedicating so much of the 700-level show to us. What else? James Herbert from CBS Sports wrote mm-hmm. a really nice write-up on the on the podcast. And I know I'm speaking for you when I say a big fuck you to everybody who mentioned the party and did not mention the podcast. Yeah. It was a lot of Sixers fans gathered as if yeah. there's like this secret code that all Sixers fans have that just show up at the same place. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Ooh. Well, how did they all find it? How did they all decide yeah. to get there? Amazing. Be- being that they've never gathered for anything in the last several years, <laughs> ever. It'd be, it'd be like it'd be like the report from a Phillies game being like, We're here at Citizens Bank Park where a team played. Yes, 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 exactly. So thank you to everybody on the outside and inside that uh, mentioned us by name. We ended up on Sports Center twice and I know Pat Gallon on CBS three mentioned us by name. Uh, Comcast Sportsnet was hit or miss. I did enjoy. I didn't see it on Philly Sports Talk. Barkan had Scott O'Neill watch the footage and mm-hmm. react to it, mm-hmm. and I, I did not see that. I'm sorry, the CEO of the Sixers. He had the CEO of the Sixers watch the footage and react to it, but I did not see that. So, it, so thanks to everybody. It, it was great, and I'm glad that Xfinity Live is getting a lot of good publicity from it. But. Uh... You well, know, they were great. They obviously. were great. I mean, they deserve yeah. every they deserve everything. But we also deserve it. Yeah. So say the goddamn name. I don't care if it makes you sound silly. You're talking about sports. Your job is dumb anyway. Yeah, we we really impressed the Xfinity Live people. I'll say that. If Good. we let's put it this way, if we ever need a place for a party again, I don't think we'll have trouble finding one. Do so. is that this feels like the permanent home? It feels like we can't get bigger than this. Otherwise, we'd have to go to the Wells Fargo Center, and I don't want to deal with any of that. Yeah, and we have. I so Anthony said Anthony from the Xfinity Live said that they that he they put the number on at least two thousand. So that would mean that. We look. If it was nice out, we could have gone outside, and they can fit six thousand people if you go outside. And there was room in the other restaurants and stuff. So I think the permanent home, unless something were to happen to prevent it, but I would say that the permanent home would be Xfinity Live for the lottery party. And in your piece, which we'll talk about on uh, your piece on Liberty Ballers about the lottery party, somebody said, you know, what if we don't, what about when we're in the playoffs? This is our gathering, I would say, whether we are in the lottery or not in the lottery. And we're pretty much, we have stakes in the lottery, I think through 2019, probably. So, I, so we're good. You, for the next you few believe years. that. I don't think people will give a shit if the Sixers don't have at least one pick in the lottery. Nah, we, I think what happens is we just turn it into, re- remember, they, I, I disagree with you. That would be my point. That would be my, my first thing. But then we don't do anything for the lottery party. So if we were to provide 15 minutes of entertainment at some point, I think we say it's the lottery party and come out. <laughs> I mean, remember next year, there's very little chance we're going to have to worry about it. We're going to have, a, I, I, I don't think we're in the playoffs next year. So we have the lot. Yeah, that, next year and then, and then. Sacramento will I don't think Sacramento's ever making the playoffs. So bless him. But uh so at least we're good for for a few years. But I think when when it'll when we get to the point where it's like, oh, we have nothing at stake here, I think that people will 
care less, and we transition the lottery party into some some playoff party parade something or other. Can we still call it the lottery party? Yeah, maybe we have to call it the lottery party. Yeah, We can okay. call it Sixers fans gathered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sixers fans gathered. I hate it. Oh hate man, it that's so annoying. Yeah, it's well, whatever. What I you told you, and we can. You, uh, I said, don't use our footage if you're not going to say the name. And you said, well, it's their footage. And I yeah. said, yeah. well, don't. We're not letting them in unless they guarantee that they say the name. So that's the next. Yeah. Or we're going to have a huge banner that just says, "This is the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast lottery party." That that's the name of this gathering. Something, yeah. on, something very spelling it out. Well, yeah, it was, and bless the guy who ever wrote about it for Philly Voice, but I don't think he knew that rights to Ricky Sanchez. He he said rights to Ricky Sanchez, but I think he thought that was just the name of the lottery party, and uh, he never mentioned that it was a podcast. So, yeah. So yes, I agree. Yeah, it it is. It's their footage. It was their footage. <laughs> and what you, you know, what sort of also led me to understand how big the coverage of that explosion was was just looking at the number of likes and retweets on the. On like Max's, you know, video of it and Sharp. Sharp had like a thousand retweets and likes on it. So just to see the amount of social media traction of that, I I've watched the moment that so they times. announced Lakers as number two a so million times. times because it's so great because it's it goes because when we did the podcast immediately after I hadn't seen it I hadn't yeah. seen the reaction oh, okay. yet so now I've seen it a thousand times and uh, and there's that moment when it's like. Hold on, Celtics at three. Everybody flips out, and then everybody like comes back, like brings it back together, and it's like wait, it's like quiet for a second, and then it just like total eruption. It's the best feeling ever. I've watched it so many times. Jake Pavorsky edited. Did you see Jake's what he edited together? No, no, no. He edited. Uh, I'll send it to you. It's really, okay. really good. It's in his. Uh, it's the bottom in his post about the sights and sounds of the lottery party. Oh, okay. And it's just uh, he cut it together with um, with footage from the Sixers party themselves, which is cool. I mean, you know, we're obviously pretty down on the people that work for the Sixers right now, but uh, not all like, of them. Not, not all, all of them, them, but like the yeah. sales team, seeing them be excited was at least cool. However bitter yeah. I am about it, it was still pretty cool. Yeah, the sales team doesn't have any say in anything, you know, and and they, I, I, I. Uh... I exchanged emails with my season ticket rep the next day, and I was like, "I guess you're pretty busy." He's like, "Yep, pretty busy." So, so good for them. Yeah. Well, it was good that they had about thirty people, and then the the CEO of the team had his daughters <laughs> jump, his daughters jumping around, and sure. then we had two thousand. So, <laughs> I think I think that I was on. So I was on the. I will the, say this one thing before we before yeah. we go past it. Yeah. I will say that the the, the coolest thing. That people said at the lottery party, and you know, we obviously talked to a whole bunch of people, um, and the people that couldn't make it said this and stuff. But like, the fact that this podcast and Liberty Ballers really made people give a shit about the team, and it's yeah. it's interesting to note that as as the as supposed interest in the team waned over the last few years because Hinky supposedly alienated all these fans. The podcast and blog have grown exponentially. Right. So for me that's just a maybe stats aren't allowed anymore, but that's just clear-cut answer on how the idea that people don't care anymore about the Sixers is just a lie. And so it's cool that us talking and having this podcast every week and the work that the guys at Liberty Ballers have been doing 
is really stirring up interest in this team that, on the flip side, no longer gives a shit about us, or at least wants to publicly, you know, distance themselves from us. It's just yeah. an interesting paradox after, for me. After putting us on their Twitter and you know, and using the footage from the bus trip to Brooklyn, when when Brett Brown came out about look at our great fans and you know, and let me say something about that if I if I may may I may I say something about that you about may the you may the so I I when when they were offering us many olive branches as they were toward the end of the hinky before hinky left you know like they they came out to the bus trip to the the parking lot when we left and gave everybody a gift bag they they made sure that Brett and Sam came over and said hi and you know and they put us you know pictures of it on the Twitter and uh, there was a lot of acknowledgement and I warned a couple of people I said look we are great representatives of you now but if you cross us like these people are passionate and we will be negative like we're, this isn't buying anyone's loyalty or anything yeah. Yeah. and they understood that and I think that's that's all fair but but as far as the ignoring the existence of this and not crediting it not acknowledging it there's a thing in in business where you want to make sure that you your biggest fans are your best advocates right and they are we are a if, if you want to talk about the the universe of Sixers fans which is a lot bigger today than it was five days ago if you want to talk about the universe of Sixers fans we are very small right but we are we account for this group accounts for the the lone group of advocates over the last three years the the uh, the idea drivers the the people who would tell their friends the word of mouth people you should buy you know they bragged for the last two years and three years we have more new ticket sales season ticket sales you know we're top five in the league at that at new ticket sales even and 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 when the CEO is at a um, a convention and saying that if if you don't understand this process you've lost your f in mind and all that stuff i would be really really careful in how you treat this group of people and that is not a threat that is a that is a a business business advice on how you should treat your 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 most loyal fans and your biggest advocates because those people that come and go based on whether you're good or bad those people that that are fleeting you don't need to do anything but win to get those people in yeah. like that that's all all it, it's obvious what happens right i mean if if ben simmons is good they'll stick around or brandon ingram or whoever they take and if he's not then they'll just disappear and they won't take the time or take the effort to protest you to tweet at you that you suck you know and those people that take the time to do that that are angry that have been angry that that all of those things, those people are very, very, very important, and they should be treated as such. And and you know, going back to Max's article about how they rank, and we've talked about this before, Hinky and Process and Sixers, and everybody had Sixers third. Well, Hinky is gone, and the process as we know it is dead. And still, at the lottery party, there were two thousand people that were just be like beside themselves with happiness 
as as they got the first pick. And part of that is sort of like redemption or whatever. Mm-hmm. But part of that is the excitement that they are going to have a superstar for the, that team. So I guess I would just say for anyone from the organization listening to this podcast right now, be very, very careful about discarding these people with stupid hashtags and uh, reluctance to acknowledge them because they they are your your most important fans in the entire world. And that is no joke. So that's all. I like that. Sorry. So no, I liked it. it I thought it, like I don't get hurt personally by it, but I get I think it's just so so um, condescending and ignorant, you know. Uh, that's all. So yeah, the the customer isn't always wrong. Is not the general yes, thing. Yes, yes, the yeah. customer is always right. You know, and I think honestly, the best people who have dealt with this are the se- are responses I've seen from se- the season ticket sellers have to be the best you know yeah. they have to be i understand where you're coming from because sometimes you can, they, you can they, do softball interviews with mainstream media who wanted hinky gone the whole time anyway and it feels great yes but yeah but when you're talking to fans who actually give a fuck yeah it's actually it's more difficult to spin that in a way that can be palatable yeah and and the and the the worst thing the worst result of doing that is that these these hardcore advocates that they become casual fans and just follow you whether you're good, bad, or indifferent, right? And then you're really in trouble because if they're not around, then you're really in trouble. And I've seen that before with other teams. So whatever. Um, <clears throat> so the schedule leading up to the draft. So we uh, it's us today. We are, I, I haven't even, we've already talked to Elon about coming on. Uh, we'll have Elon Vinokarov on. We, I don't think we've talked to Derek Bodner specifically about coming on, but I'm pretty sure Derek will come on. Mm-hmm. So we'll have Derek come on. We will have Ricky O'Donnell come on. You yep. can secure that, right? And uh-huh. then uh, we mentioned on Twitter the other day, I don't know if you saw on the Rights to Ricky Sanchez Twitter account, but between now and the lottery, we will have a former Sixers lottery pick on the podcast. I feel like we just say it because it was also talked about on Twitter. That's how it was it started. No, don't say it. But Most pe- people aren't reading this. Let, let them do the investigation. I think it's more fun. Okay. Yeah, I only like one or two people guessed right when when we tweeted it out. I don't want to say it. Okay. Well, it's st- it started with him calling me out. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, that was, I how, didn't know. that was how it started. Oh, that that'll be even better. <laughs> it was, then it, it I can't, was him I can't saying wait. it wasn't funny. Oh well, then I, this is even better. Like this, I, I didn't even know that. That yeah. makes this that makes this way better. Yeah, way, he way, said way that, better. and then I was like, okay. And someone said you should come on the podcast, and he said I'd love to. And then you yes. reached out to him. Yeah. Oh, that someone was Chris Capelli, uh, yeah. the guy, the guy that we ended up sending our our autographs to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I don't know if he would. By the way, just as a Ricky fan side note, and he is one of our most dedicated. He is having. I, I don't know if he'd want us to say specifically what's going on, but Chris has a very serious um, illness within his uh, immediate um, nuclear family. I guess you would say in his home. And I would like to give our best wishes to Chris, who is uh, could. I, I would say that this was the only thing that would keep him from the lottery party would have been this. So our best wishes, everyone from our weirdo group of uh, nerds and dorks and uh, and spazzes to Chris for his family. So yeah. 
Uh, but so before we get into some Sixers stuff, the Knicks did the Knicks the Knicks didn't officially hire Jeff Hornacek yet, did they? Right? I, They're I, going I, to hire. I Jeff think Hornacek? it's official. As official is going to be, yeah. That's pretty amazing. That I mean, I would imagine Dolan came down and just told Phil Jackson, "You're not hiring Kurt Rambis. You're hiring this guy." I would imagine that means Phil Jackson's days are numbered as Knicks president. Yeah, I think so. I think he is. He is so weird about the triangle. He's really weird about the triangle. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine if they took the power to hire a triangle coach away from him, I would imagine that that he won't be there much longer. That would be my guess. Huh. Yeah. It seemed, people, for whatever reason, and I like Chris Depps, he had a, he had an okay rookie season. Uh, pretty good, but not not like substantially better than Jaleel. He'll be a better player than Jaleel down the road, but in terms of one season, like his percentages weren't great. He's better to, on defense, obviously. Whatever. Uh, but people, people act like the Knicks are like coming up. Like things are going great for them. They have, they have one guy who's like maybe going to be good. He'll be good. He, he's not he'll, gonna... he'll be good. I mean, don't discount it completely. He'll, he'll definitely be good, but, be good. Sure, but like, if Carmelo's not there, right, and he's not always going to be there, it's what I've always said, is that, you know, Chris Depps' job was eminently easier because there was an actual team around him and, an, and a superstar, not a great superstar, but a superstar, at least like a, like a, a ball-dominant player to take attention away from him, already on the court in Carmelo. So I, I think that if, you know, more load is placed onto him, I don't know that he'll be as successful or he'll be as efficient or whatever. I think he's good. I like him. I've always liked him. But I think the 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 New York and Boston hype train, also in L.A., the hype train of, like, young guy that's good is so much louder in those three cities than it is in any other place. So I think if he was if he was just in, like, Milwaukee or – wherever i think it's like oh yeah he's gonna be good he's fun like it's cool but there's the more there's almost as much hype for him as there is towns and towns is such a better player yeah well and let's not i mean he wouldn't be the first great you know player taken in the lottery to be stuck on a shit team forever too yeah you know what i mean that even if he's really really good that doesn't mean anything and honestly i would say that the you know, I don't think New York is one of the cities that I don't I don't get the sense that's a NBA player wants to go there um, just because it's a great city type city, especially if the organization is a disaster. You know, it's not Miami or Houston or you know what I mean? I don't I don't think people are dying to play in New York under I, that microscope either. I don't know. I think there is some of it. I think the idea of the garden, especially like, you know, players out of that area really want to come back and play for them. Uh, I think it's on the higher, on the top ten of like destination cities. I would say. Sure. I okay. Top ten, I'll take. Sure. And do you want to talk about the NBA playoffs at all? I always feel like we leave this till the end, but I don't even know that there's. I mean, we all assume that Cleveland is getting through the East, and then do you? Are you still Warriors? I would. I would assume. Or still, I don't even know if I asked you, but would you say that? No, I think. I I think before. I think before I said the Spurs. Um, Oh, Okay. I like that the Thunder stole game one. I'm excited about it. I hope that the series goes six or seven. I think that'd be cool. Um, it's just interesting because Oklahoma City is such a unique place in that they have two legitimate studs. And the guys around them oftentimes don't play well enough or at least are used well enough to make the other teams pay. 
You know what I'm saying? So now that they have some production out of guys like even Andre Robertson, who's hitting threes, and Dion is doing his Dion thing and like success. Uh, Steven Adams playing out of his mind. Enos Cantor like looking like less of a nightmare on defense, but still sort of a liability. There's guys that are actually playing, and it's not just Durant and Westbrook. So uh, it's interesting because you know the Oklahoma City model is one that people have pointed to as the precursor to Hinkie's model, which is draft high and you know get lucky because three picks in a row of Durant, Westbrook, and Harden is insane. Um, but, uh, it's interesting to see them like now have more success just with, with like the, those role players. It's, I mean, it goes to show you that you need the superstars every time you need the superstars, but only then does, does the idea of having functioning role players become essential. Yeah, I think, I think they are. I think two things will keep them from winning, and the two things have, have kept me from saying that I, I, I've i never been too much of a fan of that team. I, I don't think they're any fun to watch unless one of those guys is completely going off. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think they're, I think ironically, well, not ironically, they're a wing player away, and that wing player is who they traded a few years back. Maybe. I, mean, I, I, I think, don't know if... It, yeah, I think a guy... You know, Nick Batum going there would be like perfect, yeah. like that sort of thing. Where it's like not just a, I think Harden. You know, you need a guy that can play defense also. So it's not like. Sure, I mean he's not the perfect player, but I yeah. think there's a world of difference between having Dion Waiters or Andre Robertson as your your basically your yeah. your third wing player. Mm-hmm. You know, your third best wing player and James Harden. I, I mean, I just think that just, I always. I always have agreed with the Harden trade, the idea to trade Harden. I always thought it was the right move. Uh, I just think that they didn't get the right value for it. I, I, it's the same thing as the the thought process behind the Bynum trade for me. It's like, let's go do it. We and I think for them it was like Ibaka will, and he's sort of tailed off a little bit, but I think him as a player, Harden is obviously great, and they should have traded him for better players, not just like Kevin Martin and Jeremy Lamb, but. And Steven Adams. And Steven Adams. But uh, ultimately, I think that they, they they could have made that trade and then tinkered in the right way to get, to get like, not Andre Godala specifically, but an Iguodala type to, like, fill that role there and not be a liability like Robertson has been and is no longer, at least in the past well, couple of weeks. Well, I mean... Yeah, in the well, past couple of weeks. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think he's been... They they sort of ignored him completely. Yeah. The Golden State did in the second game, and and it, they won. I honestly even Trevor Ariza. Or yeah, someone Ariza would be that, great. Yeah, 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 that kind of thing. I th- so I think that I think that the the Harden trade, and we can talk about Sixers more because nobody wants to hear about yeah. us talk about this shit. Yeah. Uh, I think the Harden trade was smart in theory, but the failings over the next couple years were what really did the trick. In in. Not undoing them because also they were they you know injuries derailed them a little bit but they would be one of those they'd be closer I think to to Golden State if they had just made smarter moves in after the Harden trade. I think their biggest problem though is that I don't you know uh, Durant and Westbrook. I just don't think complement each other at all. And I think they, like, you remember the beginning of the Miami Heat, how it was just my turn, your turn, my turn, your turn, until Dwayne Wade sort of settled back and said, okay, you know, 
we will base this team around you and I will be a complimentary player. And neither neither guy has done that. And I think I think that and I think Westbrook has to be the guy to do that. I just I think there's a better chance of winning a championship with Durant as your number one option than Westbrook. And I I, I just don't think I don't think they complement each other enough. I just think they're two great players on the But same people team. said but people said that about, you know, LeBron and Wade. And right, then, but until but until that's what I'm saying. Until one, until right, until one coalesced. But but that that took all of a year. Yeah, you know we are we are seven sure. years or six years into this. And I think Whatever. I think Spolsch was a better coach than Scott Brooks ever was. And I think now you look at Billy Donovan. I I'm not going to give him all the credit for just winning a series, but he's yeah good because co- Scott Brooks beat the Spurs too. By yeah, the way, yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe Billy Donovan's a better fit for them. Maybe not. Whatever, but. Once you get it's it's just in, to bring it back to the Sixers, it's like you can tinker with coaches and role players and whatever, but it doesn't matter until you're on that stage when you have those superstars. And now it matters like a lot. So those little things about coaching, about finding the right role player to play with those guys, that matters a ton. Who who plays with you know Robert Covington and Nick Stauskas? It doesn't matter. We're doing whatever. We're just trying to get by and get those st- superstars. But eventually it's going to, and you can see that with the Thunder. Yeah, they. They, you know, it's funny you mentioned Spolster, who I think is a better coach than Brooks. But yeah. I think the the primary difference in Miami is that Pat Riley is over is just sort of his his you know, the fact that he has Spolster's back completely a hundred percent sort of puts those players in a position where if you're not going to do what it takes to win then you are you sort of meet the ire of yeah. Riley or whatever you know and they got they got LeBron James to play power forward yeah. you know i think that's as much so uh, all right so we mentioned on the podcast we did after the lottery our picks for the first pick the Simmons versus Ingram pick yeah. i think as time goes i've been as as the time has passed i think i'm even more cemented yeah. in, and and there are going to be puff pieces on, on both guys to make them. I think there was one on SI about mm-hmm. Ingram, um, and there's a great one by David Thorpe, who I think is awesome on ESPN.com about Simmons. And I am a few days later. I'm even firmer in my belief that it has to be Simmons, yeah. and would be disappointed if they pink Ingram. Are you in the same place? Yeah, I think because people are you know keep asking about it. And it's like Simmons Ringham, Simmons Ringham, and I think that the point that the the Ingram people make a good point in that it's not about Ingram fitting on this team; it's about Ingram fitting on any team, right? And I think that that's smart. I think that that's a worthy conversation to have. But ultimately, you just got to go with the guy who's who's got the best upside at number one. And it's he's I think he's not only that, but he's the more difficult player to stop now. And I just think that Ingram is a guy you can find. And I've been saying this, but I think he's closer to Nick Batum than he is Kevin Durant. And I like him. I like Ingram a lot. I think he's good. I think he's going to be great. I, I don't worry about the weight issue as much as other people do. But he's not as athletic or as you need him to be. I don't think he's able to get his own shot. He's never going to be able to get his own shot at a high level. And Simmons could not that the jumper is great. And I don't have much faith that the jumper is ever going to be great, 
But if he can get it up to like 33% to where he can catch and shoot and be a weapon from the outside, then they start having to play that, then he can drive by. Basically, the idea is if you play off him, he's just going to use his vision to find people that are open. So that's the concern with when you're with when you don't have a jump shot is they're just going to play off you and dare you to drive into them. But Simmons can do that and find somebody else who's open who's a better shooter. So I think that that mitigates some of those concerns about playing off him, and he's so good at getting to the basket and finishing inside and getting fouled and stuff. Also, the thing is, not that I, I obviously Ingram's a better shooter, but Ingram shot 68% from the line last year. Simmons shot 67% from the line. So there's, I think both guys are further apart than that, but that at least indicates that there is some concern with Ingram and some hope for Simmons of, yeah, of if, a jump shot. Yeah, it. It's not like he, he doesn't look like MKG when he shoots. There, there's nothing, you know what I mean? Simmons doesn't look like it is a disaster, you know, when you're looking at him shoot. I think as well, there's a bit of a, you know, shooting is weird because it's so valuable now. It's sort of over, I, I think you forget how many guys are in the draft every year that, that shot 40% from three in college. There's there's a lot of guys that can shoot, and it doesn't instantly mean that your game translates as a very good player in the NBA. I think that there are a couple of, of myths, I think, that have developed over the last you know, uh, month or two as this Ingram-Simmons has thing has developed. First, that Ingram's floor is higher than Ben Simmons. I, I don't... I don't notice that that's true at all. I mean, I think immediate, I think right, forgetting about upside, I, as you said, I think right now, Ben Simmons is a better basketball player with more weapons than Brandon Ingram is. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I do. I do actually agree that Ingram's floor is, is higher. Oh, I don't. I think, uh, I think at the end of the day, you know, he's going to be able to defend threes or fours because of his length. Uh, Simmons doesn't have that length. I think he's pretty Clearly, going to get at least a little stronger. Not maybe he's not his body's not going to fill out as much as you want him to, but he's going to be a, at least a little stronger to where he's not a liability there. I think he'll be a plus offensive player and a plus defensive player because of his ability and his instincts. But I just think that you want to play him off the ball. I don't know that he's the guy that's going to get you against NBA defenders who can push him around. I don't think he's ever going to be the guy that's going to give him give him the ball and get a big shot. And I think Simmons will ultimately be that go-to option offensively, whether it's him get, taking the shot himself or him finding somebody in good position to shoot. I, just, I mean, his vision is really unparalleled, and to have which, it for a guy that's 6'10 is just crazy. Which, which, by the way, was something that we expected out of Okafor in the post, you know, that passing out of the post, which Ben Simmons does not seem averse to playing as a post guy. Yeah. You know, you forget that he's 6'10". Everybody talks about point guard, point guard, point guard. Point guard but, um, which, for, you know, with Okafor, if we could switch to Okafor for a second, just a half second, but that the it's so curious how he just stopped passing out of the post. Maybe it's because he didn't trust his teammates. Maybe it's because he thought he just wanted to get his points, whatever. But he was such a good passer out of the post in college, and it just disappeared. And I'm really confused as to why. And I don't think he's going to be on the Sixers next year, but I think that him re-adding that back into his game will fill him out offensively in a way that I would be very, very confident going into any team with him as your as your center on offense. I'm not concerned about that, really, at all. It's the defense that bugs me out. And we don't talk about Ogilford, but that's the... It's, well, we'll get, we'll get there in a second. Yeah. I guess just to finish up about Simmons and uh, Mark Mark Whittington wrote a good thing yeah. on Liberty Ballers about the the sort of myth of 
you know, the the Ben Simmons red flags, totally. the you know, the guy the the mentality nonsense. Don't be and, psychiatrists to Ben Simmons who you don't know. Yeah, well and and I you know, it's funny, I was talking about it maybe the night before or the day before he posted that with a guy at work and I said, you know, it's funny. I watched LeBron and then Mark ended up putting it in his piece. Yeah. I watched LeBron James quit in in the NBA conference finals, visibly quit. And then I think I saw him quit in the finals once against the Mavericks. And still LeBron James wound up with a couple of championships. You can't so everybody just points to this one game where Ben Simmons quit. Yeah. It's like who care I mean, not who cares, but You learn you from that. He's a kid. You write, yeah. you can't just write him off after one game and say he doesn't have heart or doesn't have he doesn't want to be a basketball player or whatever. It's just bullshit. That's how narratives get formed. One person says a thing, another person retweets it, and all of a sudden it's okay, this is fact now. This is now there's no one has to do any research, no one has to like be measured in their opinion. It's just Someone says Ben Simmons has no heart, and then all of a sudden that becomes like a weakness in like a video about his strengths and weaknesses. And it's well, like, and 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 all of a sudden, yeah, and, and and you can't argue against it's it's impossible to say that it's wrong. It's one of those things. The I don't know if he has the want to. I I can't point to anything. There's no number. There's no tape. Yeah. Because if I if I show a tape of him being aggressive and having want to, all you have to do is point to your tape of him not having it, and all of a sudden he doesn't have it. You know. Yeah. So I don't. I, I would trust. You know, one thing about everyone assumes it's a funny assumption. Everyone assumes because Brett Brown. We've talked about this before. I think with excellent. No knows yeah no because he knows ben simmons's family and he knows ben simmons that he's he's more want to say i want that guy i think it just means he'll be more aware if the guy doesn't have it i think we have we have a a, a unique window into if if brett does not say you know if he says no you know what he's a good kid then i I'm I'm glad that he knows the yeah, family. I don't sure. think that means he's you know him not picking Ben Simmons. Them not picking Ben. He's still gonna. He's not preventing him from making millions of dollars. He'll just make millions of dollars in L.A. rather than Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. So. It, it, it'll just be. It's the same thing with Exum. It's it was the thing like, hey, if we take Exum, it'll be because Brett knows that he's the real deal. And if we don't take Exum, it'll be because Brett knows that he's not the real deal. Yeah, it's pretty simple. You know what else is simple, Mike? L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. Let me tell you something about L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. I think the all-star of the lottery party mm-hmm. was L.L. Pavorsky. Of course, giving away his 250 give bags, giving away that amazing TTP diamond ring, the diamond stud earrings. You know, he has been our biggest supporter since day one or, you know, I don't know, maybe not since day one, but at least since day four. And that's why we will tell you that LL Pavorsky Jewelers and Lee Pavorsky is the only place you need to go to to buy an engagement ring or any sort of jewelry gift. We're talking engagement ring for any price range. And look, you're dealing with a guy Mike, he was standing in the belly of the beast yeah. for the entire lottery party. He was in the middle of the lottery party. I got the to hold the time. TTP ring. It was great. Yeah, it's it was an ama- it looked amazing up yeah. close. By the way, you know, so this is a guy. The guy that you're going in to talk to about a engagement ring is a guy that stood in the middle of the lottery party, chose to do it, and has spent money on the podcast uh, every month since October. This is the guy. Ella Pavorsky Jewelers is the place. It is located on 707 Walnut at LLPavorsky.com. You can call him anytime at 215-627-2252. When you go into the 
store, 99% of the time, LL is there or his uh, his main dude, Chris, who you might have seen at the lottery party. Mm-hmm. So, And for every podcast, LL Pavorsky Jewelers makes a generous donation to the Alzheimer's Association of the Delaware Valley. And for Rain, he is one of us. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Have you seen me wear a suit? That's it. <laughs> he wears a great suit. I can't get over it. He does wear a great suit. He's a fly-looking guy. Fly guy. If my dad was as fly as Jake's dad is, <laughs> I feel like I'd be a different person. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, you'd be a different person. I don't know better or worse. No, I just said different. just a different. Yep. Speaking of, um, speaking of wearing something, Alyssa just got back from buying groceries, wearing her 2016 Rights to Ricky Sanchez Lottery Party t-shirt. Yeah. Which one does she have? The blue one or the black one? The black one. The black one. And yeah, so I, I hope like somebody that. was in line behind her and is like, who's James Nunnally? Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Joel Anthony wasn't ever even on <laughs> the team. Yeah. <laughs> Andre Kirilenko was a sixer? Yep. Oh, man. Um, I love that they noticed that that's what the shirt was. Kirilenko was a sixer? Yeah, yeah, oh, this yeah. is the, obviously the, all this is sixers. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. They can put that together. Yeah. So hear, there, there had been... Wait, I wanted to say this one thing before I forget. Yes. Uh, Draymond Green... Did a uh, did press for the the finals and said uh, and was and recounted everyone that was picked before him in the draft. Did you know that? Yeah, I read that. Yeah. It was it. It actually struck me as boy, I don't like Draymond. Oh, I love him. I love it. I love it. I love it. But he said wow a couple times. And yeah. One of the after he said the person's name and one of oh. the persons he said one of the people he said wow after was former Sixer Arnett Moultrie. Who, yeah, who Doug Collins, I love it. Doug Collins traded back into the first round to select because he Art said he was motion. top 10 on our board. Ugh, what an awful yeah. guy. People, Alyssa was like, why do they hate Why do they hate this coach so much? And I was like, I'll tell you why they hate this coach so much. Yeah, let me, let me do you have an hour, yeah, Alyssa? Exactly. Do you have an hour? Man, he, when he said... Uh, were you, did you hear him? Were, we talk, were you talking about this? I've talked to so many people about the lottery. I forget who I've talked to what about. But Doug apparently at one point said, my Sixers. Oh, God. He refer, no, referred to them as didn't my, talk about that. He referred to them as my Sixers. And, uh, man, that's tough. Because Some, you left us in yeah, total shambles. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. We, we had to spend two years just re, just tearing down the shit that you built. By the way, the same guy who said he decided to quit mid-season around Christmas time, yeah. but managed to collect a check the rest yeah, of the year. Yeah, awful sweet of him. Why? Why hey, it's cool that like we can armchair psychoanalyze players, young players, and not like shithead coaches like Doug Collins or Scott Skiles. That's like it just blows me. It just feels like a. Uh, I don't want to get into too many uh, the socioeconomics and politics of a sport but it seems like such bullshit two things that are really funny first of all speaking of the back of the t-shirt somebody suggested a lottery party this would have been funny but would not have worked because of the the size of the crowd but said that we should read the names of each guy on the back of the shirt and then ring a bell as if they (laughs) oh man at the at the rights to ricky sanchez pre-championship parade we yeah we'll we'll do do that we'll do that like hunger games and set off a cannon for everybody and then you mentioned about the, just the socioeconomic, um, uh, you know, uh, the, the thing you just said about, you know, uh, Doug Collins, yeah. his mentality versus I was on 
um, and we don't have to talk about it at all. It was just one of the reactions. I was on Hoops Critics' uh, Sirius XM radio show this morning. Was that fun? To talk, to talk about the party. He gave a lot of credit to the party and the podcast. It was actually very reasonable. Um, it was him and somebody, a, a woman from ESPN. I, I, I didn't recognize her name, but I was on with them for about a half an hour this morning. But I thought it was funny that some guy that runs a Brooklyn Nets blog what uh, tweeted that I'm listening to Spike Eskin on Sirius XM with uh, Hoops Critic. He said, we think very differently about Hinky, but uh, he is very well-spoken. There you go. And I was like, I was like, well-spoken. That's usually like, that's something that they use for like a young a black player to racist, sort of racistly say yeah, that he doesn't talk. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I've never been referred to as well-spoken. Yeah. I liked it. Well, I really you have, appreciate it. You have the it. tattoos. And yeah, you're yeah, a Philadelphia yeah. guy. Generally, you know, people don't think highly of, of us. Yeah. Stupid name. Sure. Spike. Uh, so yeah, stupid name. There have been there have been a lot of the rumors about Jaleel Okafor to Boston have heated up mm-hmm. once again this week. Which I don't know Bill, if it was apropos of anything. It feels like just a lot of people being like, yeah, maybe. And nobody yeah, actually said yeah. anything. It's kind of just like, let's just bring these back because they fit now. Well, Bill Simmons, he didn't say he had inside information, and I know sometimes he does. He said he thinks it fits, it works for both teams. It does. And the, yeah, I, I would do, I mean, I would do it in a second, but I'm, I'm a really bad judge because if they offered the 30th pick, I also would do no. it. No. I would. Well, you'd do I it in a, in a vacuum, but in yes. the context of you think you can get somebody better. You right, not, right, right. You would right. not sit tight. But, but I, I think the third pick is fine value. I mean, I would do that. Yeah. Would you? I, I would. I think it's probably low. I think it's probably low in the sense of like what league-wide he should be worth, but I don't think anybody's really offering because the Sixers are not at a position where they have leverage in any real trade. What, who would you take with the third pick? Um, it depends. It, it, honestly, I've been, I've been thinking about my big board. And yeah, now I've that been the, thinking now, about it now too. Now that the Sixers have won where – you know they're on the yeah. clock. They've been on the clock for a couple of days, and they'll be on the clock for another month. It's yeah. My big board doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Well, it's just a matter of I'm going to what I'm going to do is I'm going to have two big boards. One if they take Simmons, one if they take Ingram. I feel like that's okay. that's the smart thing to do because it just changes the whole shape of the team. And I've never been about obviously about fit and just not, and just getting a guy and or passing on a guy because he doesn't have room. But I think once you have Simmons or once you have Ingram, it really does dictate. Okay, this is the guy plus Embiid, hopefully, as we're going to build around. So let's surround him or the other him with actual players that uh, complement them. So I think I think having two big boards, one for Simmons, one for Ingram, is uh, is the way to go. But so let's say if they take Simmons, who would you take at three? Yes, that's my question. Um, I would take. Uh, if Embiid is healthy, maybe Bender. No, I wouldn't take Bender. Okay. No, you would. I wouldn't. Take I couldn't Bender. do it. I couldn't do it. I would take. Stop uh, being so processed. I know you're right. You're right. You're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. I would. I would probably take uh, Luawu at three if they take Simmons. And if, uh, that seems awfully high for that guy. Based I, I on like. All the mocks I, like I like him a lot. I really, really like yeah. him a lot. And if they take Ingram, I would take uh, Chris Dunn. Okay. Well, I am. I will premiere my my big my YouTube big board uh, by the end of the week. So, Your YouTube big board. What a yeah, guy. Yeah. Are you well, gonna do I'm just gonna... the one? Because you got weeks to waffle, and I plan no, on using I every usually, second of waffling. 
I really, I don't know if you've noticed, but I make snap judgments and I stick to them. Yeah, I have, I have noticed actually, as a matter of fact. Go figure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After three years and of honestly, podcast, I've noticed what you do. I, I don't think they, they haven't really betrayed me too often. I don't think. I mean, I haven't, I haven't been in a place. It's funny. My snap judgment on Canon was that I loved him and then I hated him, but then I loved him again and I felt like I should have never swayed. I will say, and I talked about it and I was on a Sports Illustrated podcast yesterday, but. Isaiah Cannon becomes much more valuable if they take uh, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, yeah. Because he's not a horrible defender of point guards. No, He's not no, great, he's... but he's not horrible. Yeah, and he hits threes. And he hit he's threes. like... He, he might be that... You know, I'd want a better version of him to actually be our starting point guard, but I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't... I would not dismiss him as easily if, if, uh, if Ben Simmons is, is here. I would still dismiss him, but I wouldn't dismiss him as easily. Well, uh, what are the chances... Uh, I, I'll do this real quick. Then I have one more topic. Then we can either go right to a jigsaw or do some Twitter questions. But my uh, real quick, what are the percentage chances that uh, I'll do three players that Jaleel Okafor is on the six? I'll do four players that Jaleel Okafor is on the Sixers opening night. I don't know. It's not. I, it's. It, it's a tough question because I don't think I, I can't pretend to know what Colangelo or ownership or whoever is thinking. I think he shouldn't be on on the team opening night because I think his value immediately decreases if you're trying to get him, Nerlens, and, jo- and Joel all minutes and Simmons all minutes and Sarich and Jeremy and Rashawn. Like all there's too many. The, somebody's got to go, and Jaleel has the most value and and least place on the team. I think a, an Embiid Simmons front court with Nerlens off the bench. Or even Nerlens and Simmons with Embiid off the bench for for his rookie year. Yeah, fits, I think that's how it ends up so, working. Yeah, I mean, and I'd be fine with that. It just fits so much better than than what um, than what that what Jaleel would bring to that same to that same crew. And then, uh, well, then I won't play the rest of the game because you're not going to give me percentage. I'll give you a percentage. I'll say I, I would say thirty three percent. Jaleel is is not the thirty three percent. Jaleel is here. And Nerlens. 75. And Joel Embiid on the opening night active roster. Oh, baby. This one stings. I'm going to say 50%. Oh. As in active. And, as in like playing and like yeah, suiting up. Yeah, that's painful. I think, and it's then, just, I think it's just, you know, I'm, I'm giving myself some wiggle room for a setback that says like, okay, December. And then, oh, I know, I know, I know, then, but I just can't, then, I just can't do it, man. I can't do it. It's so depressing. And then, uh, final one is Ben Simmons. Um, I think they're, you know, when I, we talked after the lottery, I said that they would probably take Ingram and I keep going back and forth about it. So I would say they're 60% Simmons, 40% Ingram. I think that they would probably think that Simmons is the highest upside, but I think that they might, if the if the uh, direction from up top is, hey, let's go, I think it might be, it's more work to tra- to draft Simmons and have to trade all these guys. Ingram, you kind of just plop in and be like, everybody's, it sort of satiates everybody of like, all right, we got a shooter and a, and a small forward now. How much do you think that Robert Covington wants them to take Simmons? I mean, oh, he's like got to be flipping out. Yeah. He's got to be just retweeting Simmons draft videos left and right. Do you think, real quick, if, if they don't trade Noel, do you think they'll just extend him before the season? I hope so. 
Yeah. I hope so. I would like to get in front of that. I. It's tough because ultimately I think his place is behind Embiid and playing like a very interesting 25 yeah. minutes off the bench. Yep. Unless he, by the way, if he develops that jumper, then that, that becomes, he becomes a deadly version of that. Like a deadly version. Yeah, and I almost don't, I, even if he has, even if the jumper becomes fine, and I don't think it will, I think it'll be always sort of weak. Uh, I'd rather, I mean, if he shoots like 70% from the line, I'm just thrilled. But even if he develops the jumper, I think you just want him around the basket and like let him just like catch lobs. Like DeAndre Jordan's not trying to develop a jumper. What You don't need it. Just let him. Well, I just, let him I just think it makes it makes it so much harder to defend him on a pick and roll if he can hit that shot. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I think yeah. more important than developing the jumper is developing his body and making sure he's got like strong legs and doesn't get thrown around because he has the first two seasons of his career and I I don't want to see it anymore. That's the thing with Embiid is that with Nerlens we were seeing him get thrown around. With Jaleel we were seeing him get like just blown by Embiid. That's not going to happen either way. It's yeah. it's going to be so good. He's so huge and fast. Oh my god. Uh, can you imagine? Do you want to take some Twitter questions yeah. or do you want to do a jigsaw and get out of here? What Let's do, do, do a couple Twitter questions. Uh, All right. Hold on. Let me bring up the I got like five, uh, minutes. I got like five minutes. Uh, all right. Um, from Jim Thomas, what would you be willing to give up for Devin Booker? Ooh, I don't know. A lot. I'd love to have Devin Booker. They don't trade him. There's no yeah. there's Phoenix. Yeah. There's nothing Phoenix would trade for him almost. He's so young and he's so talented and. I think that's I I've, I stood by that Jaleel would still go higher than Devin Booker in a redraft. Yeah, that's but I crazy. think it's I, I don't think it's crazy. I think it depends on the team, honestly, um, and what they need. Is it an Is it an NBA team? Yeah, but I mean, look, Jaleel uh, was Devin Booker all all first team rookie. Uh, yes, he was. Okay, well, so was Jaleel. So it's not crazy. <laughs> They're still in the same like thought of in the same sentence, at least. Uh, yeah, I guess. But uh, um, but yeah, it just depends right. on what you need. I think I, I would trade Jaleel for Devin Booker right now, but in a vacuum where no teams are considered, I think Jaleel's skill set is more unique and you just have to find like a – you have to build around him in a different way. And it's the same Simmons and Ingram argument. I think Devin Booker is going to be fine. I don't think he's ever going to be like tremendous. Uh, but it's but I think that you know Jaleel could potentially be that elite like difference maker and I think I think uh Booker's just going to be like a good player which is like okay but whatever uh from Captain Lickface Spike would you rather keep all three big men or trade away Noel oh so that means I have to keep Okafer if <laughs> that's funny I'd rather oh I'd trade Nerlens yeah I'd trade Nerlens I'd trade just because I do I do worry about that contract I do, from, I, do, I do worry about oh, the contract. From uh, Jamie or Jaime, I don't know which it is. Do you guys think the Celtics are going to offer the third pick plus Bradley for Okafor? Greetings from Spain. Uh, no, but I would do that in a second. Yeah. I would love to have Avery Bradley. I don't think they do Avery Bradley. I think they'd more likely do Marcus Smart. Um, and if, if they don't do that, then I would I would steal James Young from them and see what James Young can do away from Boston. I know he's sort of, you know... Sort of Nick Youngish, but I I would I think he's always been a sixer, and I'd love to have him. From Philip the intern, intern Philip, uh, what would LA have to give you to swap one and two? That's an interesting question. Um, 
I would not do it. I don't think for anything. Well, if they I said don't know. if they, I would do one and Jaleel for two and D'Angelo. I would do that. Um, I would do that in a second. No, I wouldn't. You wouldn't. No, I don't like D'Angelo Russell that much. I would take him in that sort of a trade in a Okafor for Russell trade, but I, I, I would, I, I just want the best guy in this whole scenario. Yeah. And I think the best guy is probably Ben Simmons. Yeah. So I don't want to give that up. All right, I see that. Yeah. I just think I'm just imagining a, a lineup of of uh, D'Angelo and Ingram and Covington. And Saric and Embiid with Nerlens off the bench, and it's like, oh my god, that's perfect. That's it's huge and scary and shooty and everything. Uh, from Rui Pinto, what is the percentage you would give to Andrew Sharp getting out alive if we got only the fourth? <laughs> well, we got the third pick last year, and he he came out okay. Yeah, he did escape. Uh, it was it was I would say a poor decision on his part to wear bright orange. Yeah, oh my God. He might as well have been carrying a sign that said, I'm Andrew Sharp. A lot. I mean, he was so, yeah, he was so easy to to uh, to notice. Yeah, he's, and he's got that boyish smile. You could, I spot that a mile away. Yeah. Um, he, uh, it was funny when I saw him, we said hello, and I was like, all right, get up here. I got to introduce you. And he's like, eh. I'm like, come on. He's like, all right. He goes, well, how about you introduce me and I go, don't go up there. I was like, will you just come on? Um Let's see. Um, ooh. How far, and this is the last one, then we'll do a jigsaw. From Nick uh, Silvano, how far would you move back in this draft if it was guaranteed and Bede would be healthy? Uh, yeah. Mm. I'd I'd move out of the first round completely. Would you really? Yeah. He's well, the key the, to everything. I think so too, but I think that there's also a world where uh, Simmons could also be that, that key. I sure. Think, I think that they're... they're I don't know. It depends what the alternative is. Can I just say, yep. and we've talked about this, and I think Derek's tweeted about it, and everybody's tweeted about it, but just to say it for the record, for the people that already agree with it, because that's the only people that listen, it's great. People who shit on Hinky and think that there's he did a horrible job and that everyone should be embarrassed, while also admitting that the Sixers are very well set up. How do you sleep at night? How do you rec- re- reconcile those two polar opposite things where you can say, yeah, the Sixers are great. Like Embiid, if he's healthy, is great. Simmons is going to be unreal. Like a lot of good young talent, whatever. And then say, but I mean, Hinky fucking sucked. He blew it. Like totally blew it. And it's like, what? Who are you? Who are you? What are you trying to prove? This doubling down on like, just admit you were wrong. You were wrong before, and now that they got the number one pick, you're especially wrong because luck happened to go their way for once. You know, it's funny. Um, uh, the guy that does nights for us is a guy named Brian Haddad, and he came on at 6 o'clock the day after the lottery, and he's like, why won't people stop fighting about this? Yeah. He's like, it's over he was like, if the Sixers end up good, build Hanky a statue. It was he was like, he set them up. It for some reason it didn't work out. He's gone. What why do people why are the why do people continue to beat on him? You know what I mean? Like, let it go. It's crazy. There was let a guy it. who I respect, his name is Jared Wade, who yes. writes for the True Hoop Pacers blog. I think it's called yep. eight eight points nine seconds. And 
he said, even if they got win a championship, the last three years would not have been worth it. And that to me is ridiculous. Why the Pacers, for one, have had a bunch of years over the last decade plus where they've just been in that like 35 to 44 win team. And it's like, who's, who's fun? You should know that that's a pointless venture. And it's just, I think there's some people, there's some people that at the end of the day, don't think that gaming the system is fair or right or should, and it's just, they, they think it's despicable all told. And I just, why it just get over it. I don't know if you're a wire fan, but I tweeted about, are you, have you seen the wire? Uh, first season and a half. Oh God. Yeah. All right, whatever. But I, I tweeted about the Hinky's plan being like Hamsterdam, which you don't know what that is, but no. it's basically a drug free zone or a, a place where drugs are allowed and they can sell. And so they're, they're, the cops won't arrest people if they sell drugs over there and it keeps people off the corners in the regular neighborhoods. So like crime rates go down. And so it's like, yeah, it's sort of like murky and maybe not the spirit of the law, but it's working, and the practical reasons for the other stuff not working is just, like, get over it, because this is actually helping people, and your, like, abiding by the rules and the law will just end in, like, the same sameness. You are process forever, I know, buddy. man. I, I, I really I, I love you to I death. I really am. Yep. And I will say that, again, just thinking about it today, if they, they are one Julia Logafer trade for a guard or for a wing away yep. from being, like, totally locked in. Like they yep. can they they can get a free agent they can get whatever they can add somebody they can start to trade pieces whatever, but if they if they just do make that trade then all of a sudden things are so set up they're so close and for them to, and for people to continue to say like no they suck they're bad no one's ever gonna go there it's never gonna happen for them it's just like what's what's the matter with you what's this like this continuous like oh yeah all that losing culture is really gonna impact Ben Simmons or Brandon Ingram or Joel Embiid or whatever. It's just they were wrong. We were right. They were wrong. And it's as simple as that. Deal with it. Deal with right? it. Right? Right? Uh, you know, I'm going to give you a jigsaw, but I think I may have given you this one before. Maybe my brain is out of jigsaws, but are you ready? Sure. Play. I will play this game. Game. Play. I will play this game. I miss you. I will play this game. I- I'm worried. Play. I will play this game. And after the game, they were interviewing him, and they said, how does it feel to win the ultimate game? And he said, if it's the ultimate game, why are they playing it again next year? All right, Mike. Um, I believe this one's interesting to you because uh, you've talked about, um, we've talked about bowel movements a lot before. So would you rather, for the rest of your life, um, have to move your bowels once an hour, every hour. Like the urge comes, you got to go yep. go to, to number two. Or only be permitted to urinate once per day. Interesting. Yeah. So I have bowel trouble. Right. That's why we've talked yeah, about it. Yeah, plenty. Um, if the Well, I guess here's the thing is that the first option is not super far from my reality. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. But once an hour, even through, you know... At night? When you're sleeping. Oh, yeah. that's tough. Yeah, that'll be tough. Um, but from for me, it's more just like the mornings are hell. Right. But um, the peeing once a day and what... So you just hold it and have to hold it in 
Yeah. That's tough. And you start to not yep. drink as much water and stuff. I'd, yep. pr- I'd probably just in the sake for the for the sake of um, not for the sake of getting actual sleep, I think I would do the peeing thing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I think I I think I would agree with you too. And that's in spite I, of what me being pretty close to the the other thing. Man, let me tell you, when you hit forty, that peeing once a day thing gonna get awful rough. Awful rough. You just start peeing more, buddy. It's harder to keep it in. I believe it. Um, I believe it. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, next week we'll have one of our guests, and uh, and then we will have another guest, another guest, another guest. So it's going to be fun leading up to the draft. But you're, we have. you're going on vacation during the draft. Yeah, but I'll be able to do a – we'll do a pod the night of, and you, you won't even notice. You won't even notice I'm gone. All right. Uh, well, what do you want me to do? Um, I, I got to go on vacation. And we're not going out of the country. I'll just be in the Outer Banks. So it's all good. If there's any Ricky listeners who will also be in the Outer Banks, make sure to go wherever Spike is saying and throw eggs at his place. Yes. If you're in Kill Devil Hills, we can hang out and watch the draft <laughs> there you together go. if you want. Yeah. All right, buddy. All right, man. Uh, well, this has been the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, 707 Walnut. Always at LLPavorsky.com. Are you down with TTP? Yeah, you know Lickface.